Hey, welcome to HR Happy Hour Show. My name's Steve Bowes. This is HR Happy Hour 219, coming to you live from Las Vegas at Success Connect 2015. This is Tuesday, August 11, 2015, recording this. Uh, hopefully, we'll turn this around real quick, maybe get it posted even as quick as tomorrow. Uh, Trish not with us today. She's back uh, on assignment, back at HR Happy Hour HQ Midwest. So, hey to Trish. And one day we'll do, oh, we did the last show together as well. But, uh, hey, we'll do a show together again uh, really soon. So. Shout out to Trish, hope she's doing great. And uh, man, I'm excited. Well, I'm excited for a couple of reasons. One is, I love Las Vegas. It's my favorite place to go. Like when people ask me, where, where would you really like to live? I almost mm. often include Las Vegas in the short list, because I yeah, love I it. I don't even really gamble that much. I like it, I like the sunshine, I like uh -huh. the good food, I don't know. I just like it. I like that combination of festivity, despair, and you know, all yeah. in glitz, all in a bundle. Surprise! Yeah. Surprise! You know. Yeah. Yes. So I love Las Vegas. It's great to be here. Thanks to the folks at uh, SAP. Uh, I don't even know how to say it anymore. SAP. Should I thank SAP and Success Factors? Just thank everybody. What? Thanks you you to, got them all. Thanks to everybody for having me out here today, and and many thanks to our guest. I think you've heard her so far. Let's introduce her. Our guest today on the show is Carrie Williard from SAP, who has. Other than relief pitcher for the New York Mets, you have the title that I want to steal and I want to be someday. You're a workplace futurist here at SAP Success Factors, which I think is a phenomenal title. So first off, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Although when you said happy hour, I thought there was going to be a martini sitting you know, here. That's on what me. What is the problem? That is on me. I blew <laughs> We're that. We're in Vegas. <laughs> Let's just be fair to the folks uh, listening uh, down yeah. on the podcast. It is not quite Wait. happy hour time yet. East here. Coast time. It, it is. is. <laughs> right. So sadly, we're drinking water and, and Diet Coke, it looks like. So yeah. that's my bet. So, Carrie, after the show, I'll buy the first round. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. So, Carrie, great to have you here. I've, I've, I've seen your books. I've, I've seen some of your presentations. First of all, tell, tell me what a workplace futurist is. Well, no, no, no. Let me step back. So tell me a little bit about your background, how you got to the point where you have the best title I've ever heard of. Uh, well, you know, I actually think it is the best title. It's the best job around. I do have the best job in SAP, I can tell you that. Um, although there's others who might argue with yeah, me. Maybe. <laughs> so, um, you know, I got into uh, Success Factors because uh, I'd been a chief learning officer, chief talent officer for a number of companies, including Sun Microsystems, and, um, and you know, a group of us had an idea. Um, you know, after uh, after Sun, and started up a company called Jambok, that was social collaboration, sure. particularly for learning. A lot and of video, right? A lot tool, of video-based video, tool. Video yes, tool. exactly. Yeah. And um, and you know, after only eleven months of running, uh, Success Factors thought that would be a good asset to add wow. to their their tool. So it became now what you know as SAP Jam. Of sure. course, it's been matched up with some other things, and it's you know under Samir Patel's leadership done some phenomenal. Mm -hmm kinds of things but um, and so then I, I kind of morphed because I was also a writer blogger mm -hmm. um, I, you know blog for Harvard um, I get to do the best job in the world which is like look at the future think about what it does for for HR and learning in particular and um, you know speak write, and yeah uh, present I'm telling you that is an awesome sounding job like yeah. day to day but so yeah. so as a as a workplace future because it makes and look I've not heard of any other person, at least with that same title here in this industry. That doesn't mean there aren't people mm -hmm. around trying to do the same thing. But anyway, it makes perfect sense for a company like SAP, Success Factors, to have a person like yourself in a role like that, right? Because what we've heard today a lot of, and we'll hear throughout the rest of this conference is, hey, we want to help organizations run better. 
run more efficiently, right. get, enable their people to succeed, mm -hmm. have their their best experiences at work, be you know fulfill their 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 dreams mm -hmm. and their destinies. And there's right. a lot of that, right? A lot of trying to build tools and technologies to enable people to do that. How, you have to know a little bit about the world, right? It's not just about right. process A, B, and C, right? I think exactly, exactly. And and you know, I I actually believe we're facing a decade. It's going to be the biggest transition we've ever seen in the workplace. Perhaps even more than the industrial age introduction. Yeah. And so, you know, getting ready for that is going to be essential for the companies that really want to thrive, survive um, in, in, into the future. And, you know, part of our goals and commitments are to help our customers run, you know, run better to, you know, to run simple. And, and it, there's so much complexity facing us. We've got to get ready. Yeah. So just, it, it's an amazingly complex world, dynamic business environment. Uh, unfortunately, we only have about 20 minutes to figure it all out here, Carrie. So we're, we're, <laughs> Let us solve that. We're going, to, we're going to attempt to do that. So, you know, without giving away all, all the secrets, right, in the SAP shop and, and, and uh, what you're cooking up and things like that. But what are the one or two things that are kind of top of mind for you as they relate to how you're working with uh, customers, scanning the environment, sort of reading the trends, if you will, and doing your own research? you know, and how that influ influences maybe product direction, but all just more generally as well. Like, mm -hmm. what are the one or two things that you're really thinking about in terms of the future and how it might impact work in workplaces? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, maybe the, the biggest thing that I've been uh, thinking about is that, you know, I'm afraid I'm, uh, and I'm a little bit sorry to have to tell you this, Steve, but a robot wants your job. I... I'm your robot guy. I wrote about this again today. Trish, is, Trish, thank God. Trish, if Trish was here, she'd be yelling at me for mentioning uh, the blogs I mention all the time. I wrote about robots today, today on the blog. That's today, that's amazing. So, um, uh, you know, I have a new book coming out, and so one of the research studies that we, we looked at is that 47% of jobs are going to be subject to at least, you know, half of the jobs going away. Wow. Um, in the next decade. And, and you see people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk talking about this, that people aren't factoring into their heads. And, and people think, well, it's just the little factory workers over in China. No, it's not. It's, uh, and the reason I say you, Steve, is because one of the examples I put in the book is... Uh, I'm uh, in trouble. Yes, a report, <laughs> a, a, a headline article sure. of covering a baseball game that was written by an algorithm, a robot, and another one that was written by a human being, and and there's when you put that that in front of, you know, hundreds of people, it comes up 50-50. Which one was the robot? Right. Which one was the? So even like writing, uh, you know, is is yeah. subject to. I, yeah, and some of these examples are starting to hit close to home, right? A yeah. little bit. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit. You know, just taking sort of info reasonably structured information like the outcome of a baseball game mm -hmm. right and, and turning that into financial data same thing readable yes. prose right yes. that makes sense it logically mm -hmm. follows the 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 template of what we humans would expect right, right for that kind of an output yeah right. that's a perfect example i've even heard of and you can tell me i'm wrong or right on this even things like accounting right, right. which is kind of right i used to be in sort of that area a little bit kind of like follow the rules, math, mm -hmm. pr process, really kind of easy to automate to some level, right? Yeah, well, and you know, I, I started up a, a, a software company, and then even though I'm not a developer, and then, you know, f five years later, 
became heavily involved in another software company, and the difference in software development tools mm -hmm. between the two has definitely eliminated some software jobs, because now you can go get these you know nuggets or jewels of right. already developed software, which you couldn't do at the time, you know, the five years earlier. So even something as um, as sophisticated as a software developer, some of their jobs are going away if 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 you know, and to be replaced by automation. Right. And right. automated development tools. Yeah, I mean, you know, one, there are examples all over the place that, you know, are getting, getting almost a little bit frightened. The one example I talked about today was of the robot called Pepper, you might be familiar with, no. out of Japan. No, so, no, no. So Pepper what? is uh, from SoftBank, which is a Japanese uh, mobile phone operator, and mm -hmm. they, they have some partners over there, and I can't remember the name of the partner who actually built this robot. But the idea of Pepper is like a companion, mm -hmm. like an emotionally aware kind mm -hmm. of robot, mm -hmm. and, uh, can, can it's early days on this, but mm -hmm. can help, can discern things like tone of voice, facial expressions, certain uh, elements of the language that you mm -hmm. use to discern your mood. Basically, the mm -hmm. robot can figure out if you're in a good mood, in a bad mood, you need a little lift up, a little mm -hmm. pick up, a little mm -hmm. kind of thing. And you know, these are being marketed as kind of companion robots. And, and the thing I wrote about today was how they're actually making available an enterprise version of Pepper who would do things like maybe serve as a receptionist or greet customers or mm -hmm. hang out with customers in mm -hmm. a waiting area and be empathetic, would be understanding, might be entertaining, mm -hmm. could also provide some information about products yeah. and services as well. Yeah. So beyond those things, my whole point was those things that we think we have the exclusive right to, like understanding people and uh, reading their faces and their mm -hmm. tones, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it could even be those some of the things that are going to be, you know, increasingly subject to sophisticated machinery and right. algorithms to do. So anyway, I think well, I find the whole thing is incredibly so, fascinating. So you know, when you look at um, when you look at Japan, so in interesting that you should mention Japan. You know, first off, the people live longer, so the average age they live to is 85 in Japan, and they don't have active immigration. So and they, they have a low birth rate. So they've got an aging population that's going to need all kinds of support and services tools. And so they're kind of leading the way in, in this whole robotic mm -hmm. revolution because they need people to deliver bedpans. Wow. Sure. Um, you know, they need people to staff. So, so if you look up, last month in July, a hotel opened up in Japan that okay. is staffed by robots. <laughs> and so if you just do like Actroid, that's what they, okay. A-C-T-R-O-I-D. Actroid and Japan, you'll see some videos on these, and they are unbelievably lifelike in the reception. So you come up and the you robot. have to kind of like double check. Now they also have a little dinosaur to check in with oh, that's kids, funny. but the adults get you know or whoever. You yeah, know, wants I know what you to, mean. You know, yeah. they can check in with a, and then they've got these little robotics that deliver your luggage to the room, right. um, deliver the newspaper. Uh, you know, so I think that you know all of this is really interesting. Oh, it's fascinating, so and it's going to affect people's jobs. I know. So we're going to talk yeah. about that next. So let's take a quick, let's take a deep breath here. We're in Las Vegas at Success Connect 2015. My name's Steve Bose. My guest Carrie Williard, the workplace futurist, author, uh, just fascinating, most fascinating job in the world. We're having <laughs> talking about one of my favorite subjects: uh -huh. robotics, automation, technology. Uh, Fantastic venue we're in. We're at the Venetian. I apologize in case any of this. Uh, we have some background music, being that we're sort of we're quasi in a casino, even though we're sort of on the other side of it. You know, the convention center, but we do have the typical Las Vegas background music being piped in near us. So, apologies if that's coming through uh, too loud. I don't think it is, but I uh, just wanted to mention it in case I get letters like, "Hey, why was Tears for Fear Tears for Fears playing <laughs> during the robotics discussion?" So, uh, uh, so Carrie, the, the next part I think we I, I love to talk about with you is. So, oh, right, 
we could go on together back and forth mm -hmm. about all these examples of how technology is increasingly encroaching on work and workplaces, even as we've sort of talked about into professions where we would have never thought five or ten years ago where automation or technology would have been uh, realistic or even possible. Mm -hmm. So what what do we do about it, though, I guess is the next logical question, right? So in the, the, I guess it's got two sides. One would be organizationally as an HR leader, as a a leader of talent or a leader of a business and then secondarily what do we do as individuals mm -hmm. who are worried about our futures and our maybe our children's futures quite frankly right right so if I could kind of reverse the answer on that and build up to what can organizations sure, do that would be, be great so um, so you know we did a lot of research with lots of people talked to you know hundreds and so on um, uh, and, and heads of learning heads of uh, HR and we came up with five practices okay. that we think uh, people can use to get ready for tomorrow. The number one, when we asked people, what are you concerned about most? The number one answer was that I'm going to become obsolete. Right. And so we thought, well, there's got to be ways to help people become obsolete. It's difficult for companies to help them get ready for the future because we're keeping pace with today. <laughs> yeah, right. Much sure. less tomorrow. Right. So employees are worried that, you know, I don't have the skills I'll need for three years from now. And secondly, my company can't help me get ready. Right. So the answer really is, there's good news for organizations, it really is up to the employee to okay. help drive this. Um, and so the first thing we've got to do, you know, from an organizational perspective is help, and most companies are doing this, they're saying you own your own career development, so it's really on you. So the first practice that we give people is you've got to learn on the fly. So you've got to be able to, when right. you're in your own job working, you've got to turn that into a learning opportunity. So for example, one tip is, if you've got uh, five to seven projects in front of you, you mm -hmm. can approach them from a completion stance, I just got to get this done, Right. a performance stance, I want to do this really well, or a development stance, I want to do this really well and I want to learn something from it. So out of those three, you know, take the projects you've got and turn one of them into a right. development stance and you will learn more. Because you might do something like, go talk to an expert. One study found that 15 minutes right. with an expert would accelerate your performance right. tremendously. Yeah, that makes perfect sense because we're so ingrained, right? Whether it's through just our our, our desire to be quote unquote efficient employees, or, or just from the culture of the organization to to, to think more about completion and, yeah. and, and somewhat about performance. I right. think you're right. That's a great point, Carrie. Because or don't be or don't be uh, perfectionist and try and do everything at you know a high level. Turn some of them in to get it well, done. I think that's an awesome tip. That's okay. awesome. I wish I would have thought of that one. <laughs> the second one is be open. You know, just don't miss the opportunities that pass you by. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ron Wayne. Uh, uh, let me think. I don't think I have. Most haven't. Third founder of Apple. Oh, no. Okay. I yeah. So, um, you know, and he, he wrote that he did the first logo. He wrote the first tech manual. But he just decided not to take the flyer with right. Steve and Steve. Right. I don't trust uh, these two idiots. I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly. I want my seven hundred dollars back. We all aren't gonna, you know, turn down a fortune in our in the opportunities that we pass by right. that we're not open to. But, you know, but it could be that bad. Right. So you, we all learn how to be open. And you know, the third one is build a diverse network. Yeah. So that's a know, great point. Because sometimes the way to keep up is to just hang around smart people. You know, you don't have to do all the research yourself. You don't have to do everything. You can live it. By you know, just like you and I having this conversation, I learned something from you about robots. Right. I, you learned something from me. Yeah. In two I minutes of conversation, um, and if we yeah. were to go off, you know, so you know, get a really good network. One of our tips there is find five to thrive. So five okay. people who up your game, and meet with them regularly. Who are the five people that every time you're with them, you think 
dang, I learned something, or you know, they oh, connected I love me that. to something. I, so I love, I love that. Find five to thrive. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. Okay, I'm gonna think about that. Who are my five people? <laughs> Who are your five peeps? I have to think about that. I yeah. mean, you know, this is a little more macabre twist on this, but I'm, I'm still bad about saying. But I remember reading this one story about this guy, and his, his thing was always, I want to know who my six pallbearers are going to be at, oh. at any one time. Yeah, and I, yeah, I don't think yeah. he really was literally thinking, yeah, yeah. hey, I'm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but just who are my who's my yeah. who's my crew? Sometimes right. people refer to that as my. I've heard it. I've heard it referred to as like the personal board of directors, but yeah. I feel like that's, that's more from different. an advisory. That's an advisor. What, I think this is your guild. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you know, a good so term. like you know, who who's your guild of your, you know, your 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 colleagues? Yeah. Who, like you're kind of, you know, watching out for each other because there's so much stuff to know that you can't know it all. You know, so you just like, give up on knowing it all, but you know, hope that you got enough coverage through your guild. Yeah, I've given up on knowing it all too. <laughs> I, oh, I have. You can't know it all. You cannot. I don't yeah, care what it is. Yeah, I mean, maybe yeah. if you're Stephen exactly. Hawking. No, you, he doesn't either. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, the rest so, of us can. Right. So, awesome. I love that tip. So, uh, and then, right. I'm putting you on the spot. You're doing this from memory, by the way. You're, I, there uh, are no notes here. There's no galleys of the book here. So. Nope, there's not. All right. The fourth one is be greedy about experiences. Okay, and, um, like and we like and we say greedy because it, it is on you to go get the experiences you need. And and people can get stuck in a rut of they're doing the same. They may say, "Oh, I've got five years experience," but really, it's just one year experience repeated five <laughs> times. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, if you're gonna if you, and and people are interested in your experiences, if you're going to be ready for the future, you have to start you know stretching to new experiences. So one of the one of the tips we have there is every three months you ought to feel like you're in over your head. Yeah. Because it's something new that you're putting yourself in. And if you ha if it's been more than three months since you felt like, oh, geez, you know, my neck is kind of out, out here a little bit, then 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 you're not stretching enough. Yeah. So so and that means you need to go get some new experience. So. Yeah, I think that's another great uh, point, Carrie, because it, it's it's it can be tempting. And I, and I think you're making a good point, too. You said like every three months, you're not saying every day or even every week. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of people get afraid and sometimes like, man, I like I want to just get, I want to get my job done. I want to get my work done. I want to like I want to I want to sign off at five p.m. Mm -hmm. Go home and have play with the kids. And I, I don't want that. I don't want too much stress in my life. But too much of that. Too much. Uh, uh, what's the word? Too much uh, of of just being comfortable yeah. or content in a job can can be the kind of thing that can all of a sudden blindside you out of nowhere. And I. I I, I, I shudder to think of like the poor guy who was writing that baseball story, writing that same baseball story for 20 years. Yeah, right? exactly. Now all of a sudden, you know, hey, we've got this tool that writes it just as good as you. And why is it just as good as you? Well, you didn't really push the envelope. You didn't change the genre. Mm -hmm. You didn't develop your own unique voice, unique to you that this machine can't replicate, mm -hmm. right? You're, mm -hmm. you're doing what's expected of you and what you learned 20 years ago. And, you know, right. now you're in trouble. So, yeah, I think that's another super example. You know, all right, we're... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, managers can make a big difference here, too. And sometimes we think of uh, a good manager as someone I'm comfortable with. Yeah. And maybe that's not so good, you know, because really a good manager is a career maker. So, yeah. And we have a, uh, I have a good friend, Chris Down, who writes the HR Capitalist blog. Shout out to, to KD here. And he wrote recently about, uh, uh, we, we write about metrics sometimes, yeah. right? Workplace metrics, analytics. Mm -hmm. That's, again, a huge subject conversation in the HR uh, right. space, the HR right, technology right, space. Right. But he talks about things that are, you're probably not measuring, but you should be. And one of them is kind of uh, something, I think he called it like the leadership batting average, which was essentially a look over time of a given leader, say of a, a department, a division, you know, depending right. on where in the hierarchy, right. it doesn't matter really. Just how many of that leader's reports, direct reports and so on, 
you know, moved, moved up the chain, got that, better that jobs, really cool performed metric. well when they moved up. You know, all those things right. around trying to quantify a little bit better a manager or a leader as a as a developer of people and as a as a as a talent enhancer for the organization versus again someone who's maybe not really getting the most out of the talent or and as you said encouraging them in these steps right which the employee does own I agree with you but hey if the environment supports them in in these initiatives I mean that's when they have the best chance to succeed right yeah. right right all right is there and one more one Karen? more There's remember one. it number it's five it's a motivational strategy it's okay. called bounce forward. So we all have setbacks, failures, disappointments. That's part of a career. And it's not just that you bounce back from it, but having a persistence and a, 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 an aim, a goal, a kind of a, at least a broad goal of where you want to go, so that you use that setback to bounce forward. Right. Because we learn so much from failure. Yeah. So, so we gotta, we got to think about the, uh, the future as well, yeah. even when we're going backwards. Carrie, that was awesome. I, that was a great sort of rundown. So, and I think your point was well made at the top. You said, well, let's talk about what people can and should be doing to think about themselves and their own careers mm -hmm. versus what can organizations mm -hmm. do. Because, I mean, even the best organizations, and again, this is Steve Bowes on HR Happy Hour. We're talking with Carrie Williard, Workplace Futurist. Author, what's the full name of the book, uh, the upcoming book, Carrie? It's I don't called think said Stretch, it. How to Future Proof Yourself for Tomorrow's Workplace. Available for pre-order on Amazon. Amazon, I'm gonna, the link will be up uh, on the HR Happy Hour show uh, uh, page when we get this posted to I'm, buying, I'm buying I'm buying a copy that's for sure <laughs> the um, but you're right I think like like it doesn't really make sense to think about this maybe you could tell me well, I'm organizations not. can do things they can they can set up networks for people to be able to you know to, to work more broadly sure managers can do things like say here's what I expect you to learn when from this project when they give it to them there's lots of and we cover a lot of these in the book okay. but you know the main point is that it's on us right you know, it's on us to do it, and here's how companies can help. But it really is, yeah, on us. Yeah, and I think I think I think from a technology standpoint, there are some kinds of technologies that I'm seeing a little bit more of, which I'm excited about. Things that uh, encourage and/or enable and support employees and kind of figuring out some of these next steps. And it's not just about like in the old days, you would have said uh, it's just about uh, climbing a hierarchy. Mm -hmm. Right, and what do I need to do to get that? You know, mm -hmm. I want to go from junior developer to senior developer, and then right. I want to go to development manager. Right. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't happen still. I'm sure it does. It happens mm -hmm. all the time, probably, and it's probably still important to folks. But more broadly, right, like in, in that develop in that developer development is a perfect example, right? If you sort of know how to do X, Y, Z, and you get really, really good at X, Y, Z, you might be able to climb the ladder doing X, Y, Z. And then when the organization adopts the brand new technology, right, to that you're not familiar of and you right. didn't really have an opportunity to use or didn't you really try to use, whether it's on your own or through stretch projects or taking some other classes or something, then all of a sudden you're under threat, right? And right. we know right. whether, I mean, that's an obvious example, right? If the, if the organization replaces, I don't know, C++ with, you know, Ruby, then, mm -hmm. oh, man, I don't know how to use Ruby. I'm in trouble. But it's not just that. I mean, that, the mindset you talked about. Uh, if you had adopted that, that junior developer had adopted some of these strategies, you know, along the way, he or she probably would have a much more uh, easier path, right, to adapt faster, right, right. whether in that organization right. or some other organizations to yeah, these changes exactly. in the environment. You know, so that even though I don't, you know, develop myself, I still took, a, you know, I still went to a Ruby workshop and, you know, learned yeah. how to do basic Ruby just so I could kind of understand how does that world 
you know, work. So it's like completely irrelevant to my job, but it's yeah. rel but it helps me understand. Yeah, you don't, you, you didn't have this in your list of five, and I think you touched it a little bit. But you know what I put in there? If it was my list, yeah. if I was made, uh -huh. I would put be curious. Yes, we put that under be open. So, yeah, okay. so we have a whole section on, yeah. on on being curious, um, you know, in there. Because, because if I'm a so development important. professional or I'm a sports writer or mm -hmm. I'm a, a porter in, in a hotel, mm -hmm. you know, to, you know, to use the, the robot hotel example, yeah. boy, it would have paid off for me to be a little more open, as you say, and mm -hmm. or curious about where where this industry is going, where my craft is going, where I'm going. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think about that a lot myself, right? Yeah. And, and so yeah. whether it's, wow, no one's really reading the blogs anymore. Let's start the podcast because that's what people want or whatever it is, right? right. You know, it's it's right. those things to help continue sort of reinvent yourself, keep yourself relevant, and quite frankly, keep yourself enthusiastic right? oh, yeah. about what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, this was so much fun, Carrie. Okay, well, thanks. It was fun I, for me, I, too. I, I, this has been a great Honestly, conversation. It's great, it's great to meet you. So let's, let's get the book out one more time. So it's Stretch. stretch. How, how to, to future-proof yourself for tomorrow's workplace. How to future-proof yourself for... I can't spit it out. How to future-proof yourself for tomorrow's workplace. Available on Amazon right now for pre-order. Coming out in October. Uh, any last thoughts about the conference? Any just one last thing we want to remember from here? What's excited um, you that you've seen so far, day and a half of this conference? Well, of course, it was great to hear Mike Etling's um, uh, keynote and commitment to where we're going for the future and, you know, thinking about the transformation of HR and, yeah. the, you know, the, the future of HR is no HR is a very provocative thought. Yeah. And we didn't even so, go into that, but yeah, that's yeah. a whole other show we'll have to <laughs> yeah, do about exactly. that. Yeah. That was, it's been great. That was yeah. exciting. This is really, really great stuff. Okay, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks to our friends at SAP Success Factors. That, uh, and thanks to uh, all the folks listening. Uh, remember to subscribe, download, just search. Look, we've been doing this five and a half years. If you haven't figured it out by now, no, take that back. There's probably someone, Carrie, listening to this show for the very first time. You're going to forward the link to the show to some friend of yours or mm -hmm. coworker or something. So that person, whoever that person is listening to this show for the very first time, subscribe already. Go to iTunes, whatever podcast app you use, search for HR Happy Hour, add it to your list. Never miss a show. Never miss a show. Thanks to Carrie. Thanks to my friends at Equifax, by the way. Equifax Workforce Solutions, supporter and sponsor of the show. Uh, thanks. We'll see and you thanks guys for a soon. great Twitter feed. I love your Twitter Thank feed. Thank you. I appreciate I'm, that. Yes, I'm a big follower of your Big fan. Yeah. Big fan of Twitter. So, all right. Anyway, that's it. Let's go back to the fun. I owe you a drink, so let's go. <laughs> thanks again. We'll see you next time on the HR Happy Hour Show. <laughs>